Okay, well, hi everyone. Uh, I'm Nate Tukach, and uh, as Ruben said, I'm based here at Warwick in the Centre for Interdisciplinary Methodologies. Um, I must say, after those first two uh, presentations, I feel my 10 minutes is perhaps uh, less, less baked. But, um, okay, so I, I first became interested in, uh, in finance uh, very broadly considered. Um, I guess around 10 years ago, uh, I was uh, doing my PhD at the time, and I took up a position um, as a research assistant uh, for someone who was studying uh, these mobile money transfers. Um, mm -hmm. This is Supriya Singh, who you might know, yeah. based in, in Melbourne. And, uh, and she and a lot of other people were very, very interested in uh, M-Pesa, who most people in this room are probably uh, very familiar with. And the Australian banks at the time were interested in kind of rolling out um, kind of top-down versions of, uh, of what they saw were the successes of this first, um, uh, this, this kind of, this M-Pesa phenomenon. And, uh, and I was hired to do literature reviews and to write reports and, uh, and to attend meetings with the, the ANZ bank. Um, with the possibility of rolling out these initiatives in Papua New Guinea, where they have very limited banking uh, infrastructure, the kind of um, brick-and-mortar banking, uh, and, and also in places like Vietnam, where um, Australian banks have, have a presence. And so I became uh, interested in this topic, um, but for me what was interesting, uh, because I don't have a background in uh, political economy um, or economic sociology or economic anthropology. Uh, I have a background in cultural studies and, uh, and, and media theory, really. And in Australia, those two things can actually kind of hang out together. Um, it, it's, it's part of, a, a, I guess, a unique configuration of um, <laughs> disciplines. Media and studies and cultural studies are often taught, taught together. And so I became interested in, um, in mobile money uh, uh, as as a kind of technology, like that's what interests me. I'm like, oh look, these are like not quite smartphones, uh, at, uh, but nevertheless pieces of software um, that are operating with quite specific technologies um, that have effectively kind of created a form of currency that is now kind of becoming formalized, and you know governments were becoming interested because they could use them to securitized loans and things and 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 I kind of got like pulled into that um, area and I just kind of I couldn't help but think about like oh it's interesting everybody's talking about like digital transformation and you know the iPhone was still like pretty new and I'm like but this thing also is like really interesting and and I'm like mm, at the time not that many people were were talking about it um, and then I, f I, I finished my PhD and I moved here to Warwick and a bunch of other things happened. Obviously, during that time, the global financial crisis happened. So, like, money was disappearing and people were worried. And, um, and in the background, let's say, the discussion around critique, um, I feel, had kind of, like, stalled somewhat. Um, I think... After, you know, I don't want to like do some kind of brand management, but after the, <laughs> after the kind of Latourian, like, why has critique run out of steam, like, people were like, oh, I don't know, really, like, now what do we do? <laughs> and, 
And then, you know, people like um, Donald McKenzie, who were doing these very kind of close um, descriptions, um, you know, nevertheless didn't account for like various scandals and, you know, kind of like brutal, let's say, political force. Uh, and and so there was a kind of question of like, okay, we've got this like social studies of finance, it's doing a great job of technical details. We don't really know exactly what's happening in this broader, you know, question. Like, nobody really wants to talk about the Frankfurt School. Foucault might still be okay, but, you know, everybody's talking about him and now it's about biopolitics or something. Like, so what is critique? Um, and, and so that was kind of happening. And, uh, and then there was... So the crisis was happening, you know, mobile money transfers had been discovered. I moved to Warwick. Uh, and, and then... <laughs> uh, I'd been collaborating with a Dutch media theorist uh, and I'd become interested in studying this topic of, um, of kind of like what's happening to money as it's being mediated through phones, you know, in rather naive ways um, at the time and pro probably still so. But, uh, and my, my colleague, um, a guy called here, Loving, he was really interested in the fact that cultural funding in the Netherlands had, it was just disappearing. So out of this kind of, uh, I guess, pre-explicit austerity measures, uh, funding was drying up in the Netherlands, uh, in, which typically has a lot of money for cultural funding. And so they were, were thinking, uh, he was having to think about, like, how do we continue to do things uh, with, with no money? And, uh, and this all seemed to kind of, and around the same time, like, Bitcoin started to, to, like, be spoken about. This is kind of around 2011, 2012. Um, and the first crowdfunding initiatives were getting going. And I'd kind of been following this kind of, like, money as software idea. And it kind of occurred to us that something was happening around the relationship between, like, media technologies and, um, and let's say, political economy. Uh, and... I guess in, in a somewhat naive way, but in, in a way that I, I still think strikes me, is that um, increasingly specific technological forms seem to be attaining a capacity to kind of create economies or to create political economies. Um, so previously, in my field of media studies, when people would speak about like a political economy of the media, it's like let's study how Rupert Murdoch influences how like a, an editorial line you know plays out, or let's look at the labour conditions of like you know the camera person, or um, and and I was thinking like that relationship is flipping, and now like through something like crowdfunding, you were getting kind of like economies or markets or market-like conditions that are actually being produced through um, like media uh, and, and kind of media infrastructures. And, uh, and of course for historians and, um, and kind of material, materially minded economic sociologists and so on, this, this is well-known territory but at the time it was like super interesting um, for me and, and I became very interested in things like why you know, the first, one of the first definitions of, of, of money is as a medium, and yet almost no media theorists ever really take up money. Like, you know, McLuhan has, like, a really flaky article, and, you know, there are, like... There, but there's no real serious, like, historical consideration, um, whereas there is lots of work on, like, 
you know, paper or, you know, the, the printing press or... And there's like this other medium which seems equally important um, needs to be thought about and, and rethought about. Uh, so, so with all of these things converging, um, uh, we, we started this Money Lab um, initiative and, uh, and I'm looking, I'm pointing at this thing. So this is the, the, the first thing that we produced. We, we put on a conference, we invited um, you know, very distinguished people like Bill along and, um, and the point of this, the, the network that we, we created and the events and the book um, was as a kind of like a, the beginning of a discussion. Uh, because we very consciously brought people together um, who might not necessarily know so much about what's happening. Um, so, so people um, who may be very good at um, political philosophy um, or like you know, autonomous Marxists like BIFO, uh, 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 digital media theorists like Tiziana Terranova who are very critically minded but might not be thinking about these kind of specific developments, and we kind of put them together and encourage them to to have a discussion. People like Saskia Sassen as well, um, and then people like Bill, who could kind of remind um, uh, some of the other speakers of you know I guess their um, <laughs> some of their more more blatant uh, shortcomings. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so so this is kind of what we what we did, uh, and. And this has remained an interest of, of mine. Um, and I guess, for me, uh, I think if we're thinking about like what, what critique is, uh, what, what a kind of a critical perspective, for me, one of the things that I think really has to be taken into account, uh, which is really summed up you know, quite <laughs> uh, uh, succinctly in the word fintech, like it's tech now as well. Um, and it's not just like because, of course, you know, the finance has always relied on technologies. It's been, you know, expressed through technologies. It's been settled <laughs> through technologies. Um, but now it's it understands itself, you know, in through um, what was previously a kind of um, a digital media framework, right? So fintech kind of follows um, a, a kind of a cycle of. Um, a startup, right? It works through venture uh, capitalism. Um, it it follows a kind of a dynamic that was previously, uh, you know, existed mostly on the West Coast. So it's like the East Coast started acting like the West Coast, and, uh, and of course, it's, it's way more complicated than that. But that's kind of a short short version. Uh, and so, I've become interested in kind of what what does that mean. Um, and what does it mean to think uh, in terms of alternatives when, when the logic of finance um, seems to be, you know, I mean, disruption is, is obviously a common term, but it acts like a series of propositions about a possible future. Like, oh, I've got an idea about what this could be. And so, uh, so you know, how to even think about this type of logic and this type of dynamic uh, when, uh, when existing or, or kind of new startups are already, in some ways, um, operationalizing a kind of a naive criticism of the present. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's really like how to differentiate between uh, a kind of like 
a solutionism, to use a Yevgeny Morozov's terms, a kind of like, oh, I've got an answer for a problem that may or may not exist, how to differentiate between something like that and thinking more critically about, like, oh, okay, what needs to be done? Um, and, and I think that uh, that's a very difficult question to think about. And, and I guess having been wounded by the developments of Bitcoin, which people were quite excited about, um, even, you know, just a few years ago, uh, and, and now it feels to me like, um, like, oh, what a mistake that was. Uh, but, <laughs> but of course, all the signs were there, like at the, the first London Bitcoin conference, uh, you know, the, the dynamics are like, it's extremely kind of, you know, masculine. It's, it's the kind of the worst parts of the hacker scene, um, you know, and, uh, and kind of combining with um, economics, which is already a kind of um, a male-dominated domain. And so, you know, I guess it's not so surprising. Um, so, so from that kind of episode, I guess I've started to try to think, um, I guess a little bit more like about, like, I guess returning to something of like interpretation or like, like trying to like, what's, what's happening? Um, before I try to think about you know what um, you know what could be done and and I'll just end on um, on kind of two points uh, that I think are really important. Uh, the first is the kind of rise of um, behaviorism within um, retail monetary applications. Uh, so. Everybody here is, I'm sure, familiar with the, the history of behavioral economics and the kind of critique of behavioralism over other forms of economic practice. You know, like there is a kind of a positivism that, that returns. We need to study like what real people do, etc. Uh, and 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 these types of dynamics uh, are kind of like studying behavior and responding, and now built into the interfaces of payment. Uh, and and so. Things like um, Apple Pay, which I will return to, um, of course, generate behavioral data that then kind of feeds back into um, applications, um, you know, is traded in different ways across different data brokers and, and so on. Uh, but I think with behavioral applications um, that kind of already assume that the, the person using them is kind of like uh, not a rational actor, then any types of activities that happen at that retail end uh, can't really be understood in, in these kind of traditional mainstream economic ways, which hopefully nobody here is sympathetic to anyway. But, but it means that something very, very different is going on when you have like a personalized price, where you have a location-specific price, uh, where you have a, a price based on you know, something uh, that you did um, or some relation that you had to somebody. So you have these kind of like, uh, these dynamics um, entering in to former market spaces that are doing all kinds of like strange things that I think uh, is, is one thing that we need to look at kind of way more closely. Um, and then the second thing is um, if increasingly everyday finance is um, effectively uh, a piece of software, um, and, and is designed by uh, designers and developers who work for uh, tech companies, 
um, then those kind of monetary objects um, uh, have particular qualities and characteristics that, that are relatively new. Um, and, and as an example, um, I've, I'm, re I'm working on a piece at the moment which is about Apple Pay. And of course, Apple Pay is kind of still feels like a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Um, although, you know, it feels like eventually people find, <laughs> they, they find a kind of a use scenario and then that, that's all it takes. But the main selling point for Apple Pay is, um, is to improve the user experience, right? Like, oh, the wallet, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's so arduous to take it out and to, um, let alone the fact that, you know, in order to use Apple Pay, you have to do a number of things and it relies on battery power and all, all kinds of other things. But the proposition, the kind of value proposition is, is about experience, right? Like, we can create an experience um, and so money is now like an experience um, and, and money objects um, are either good or bad depending on what kind of experiences they provide. Now, if we start to think about the design of experience, that takes us away from political economy and it takes us into the, the design world and, uh, and things like user interaction design and areas that traditionally have very little to do with money now start to be very important if you want to understand how companies who are creating our experiences <laughs> um, are, are kind of you know informing themselves and uh, and suggesting that they kind of know know what's best. Uh, so for me, a, a kind of a critical uh, inquiry um, is one that's also kind of willing to suspend some of the more traditional narratives and to kind of try to pay attention to. Uh, some of these developments that might seem a little bit like uh, banal or a bit silly and to think about them a little bit more closely and then to try to understand kind of, okay, like, what are these companies trying to do here? And, uh, and I will leave it at that. <laughs>